Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The word of the Lord from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 15, verses 26 through 27. And then we skip to chapter 16, verses 4b through 15. Jesus said, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. I did not say things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. Now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for I do not go away. The Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and in righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel proclamation comes from the Holy Gospel of St. John that I just finished reading for you and serves as the basis of our theme for Pentecost. Only God knows. God only knows why I put up with you. This is the phrase that has been said by many a spouse and parent as they look frustratingly at their loved one. Sometimes the exasperation is bordering on calling the divorce attorney or adoption agency. And other times it's said with a laugh, as they really have more patience than they should, but in the end, love them anyway. God only knows what I'm doing here, has been the thought of the individual who found themselves in over their head or promoted to the level of their incompetence. God only knows what I'm supposed to do, has been the cry of the individual faced with the challenge that many would consider insurmountable. You know, it's fascinating to me how often God is included with our negative feelings in life. A tragedy happens and we cry, Oh my God! A verbal abuser uses God's name to curse someone to hell. And God is even blamed for all the world's problems because people who don't believe in him wonder why he won't fix everything for them. God only knows this too. 
Today, we celebrate Pentecost and the appearing of the Holy Spirit as divided tongues of fire resting on the apostles so they could speak and all the nations there could hear the gospel in their own language. The apostles had to be thinking in that moment, God only knows what I'm doing here. Or, God only knows what I'm supposed to do because the only thing they knew for sure is this ability to do this was not their control of the Holy Spirit, but rather being used as vessels of the Holy Spirit to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, the greatest news this world has ever heard. Something only God knows. Yet, Jesus does not let the Pentecost event stand on its own merit, but prophesies to his disciples in our gospel lesson how this event will be indicative of their lives in perpetuity and then carried on by the church unto eternity. And it reveals that to us in verse 27 of today's gospel saying, You testify because you, from the beginning, are with me. Unfortunately, modern Bible translations frequently get this wrong by making it future case to reasonably help make it make more sense in English for today's listeners. But in doing so, they miss the very important meaning that God intends us to hear by writing it this way. Let me give you an example. If I say I am driving, what does that mean? It means I'm doing the action of driving. But if I say I drive, then I am communicating what I am. So today in our lesson, if Jesus says you will bear witness, we might misunderstand that this is just something we do. But if Jesus says you testify, then we know this is who we are. Some years ago, when I was a young boy, I fell over a waterfall. You see, Mom and Dad had taken my brother and me canoeing, and at one point we found a place where the water fell over a small waterfall about four feet high. I know, not nearly as dramatic now, is it? Well, as it turns out, it was still dangerous, which I would soon realize. So we jumped out of the canoe to swim in the water, and I swam at the top of the fall, unknowingly drifting to the point where it would carry me over. As I recognized it too late, I was caught in the flow of water and went in face first right over the fall, giving me a nice gash on my chin for all my trouble. But that was far from the worst part. The worst part was looking up at the surface of the water, not being able to swim up because of the rush of water pushing me down. I even had a life jacket, and it did nothing to help my buoyancy against the powerful rush of water. So I looked up, certain I was going to drown, and basically stopped struggling and accepted my fate. I'm pretty sure this is the incident that caused my phobia of drowning to this day. I also have a severe claustrophobia, but that's another story for another day when that text is appropriate for it. So, do you want to know how I survived? 
Well, as soon as my body relaxed and quit fighting to get up, the natural flow of the water forced me away from the fall. And then the lack of pressure coming down allowed my life preserver to buoy me to the surface, where I floated, paralyzed with fear. I saw a lifeguard at the wall of the waterfall, and I weakly cried out, Help me! And he didn't reach in to help me. In fact, he smiled at me and laughed. Well, isn't that a fine thing to say to the paralyzed boy trembling with fear in the water? I was aghast. God only knows what he was thinking. And then I thought, God only knows what I'm going to do. I can't move. I can't help myself. Then the lifeguard said, Get up. Get up. Are you crazy? I'm clearly paralyzed. My chin is numb. I can't even move my arms and legs. How am I supposed to get up? Am I just going to float down the creek and be lost forever? For the love of all things holy, help me, man. Wait a minute. The feeling is coming back into my arms and legs. Wait a minute. I can put my feet down. Well, well, well. The water's only two feet deep. And I sheepishly stood up. Something I could have done all along. I just didn't know it until he told me. I thought I was dying when I was perfectly safe all along. When Jesus talks, it's almost always outrageous when he speaks. If it isn't to you, Take the time for just a moment to put yourself in the first century listener's ears with none of the perspective and New Testament knowledge we have today. Jesus, when he told the disciples about the future they would have, seemed as ridiculous to them as that lifeguard seemed to me, even though he knew better than I did, I was totally okay. This is exactly why Jesus speaks the way he does in this passage. He wants them to know that while his departure is such sweet sorrow, it can never eclipse the truth that the Holy Spirit will reveal and let them know in the most paralyzing moments of their lives. They can stand up. They can stand up for Jesus. They can handle the persecution. They can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens them for everything he sent them forth to do. They may not know, but God knows. And the Holy Spirit will inspire them to do what they never knew was even on the pre-planned program for the people of God. And what a plan it would be. Moved by the power of the Holy Spirit, they would literally write the New Testament as they took the parchments and papyrus sheets of Jesus' words to each of the churches throughout the Roman Empire and expand upon the gospel proclamation that Jesus was God in the flesh and made satisfaction for the sins of the whole world by dying upon the cross to destroy sin forever. Then he rose from the dead after his undeniable death and appeared to more than 500 apostles, many of whom died at the hands of the authorities who wanted them to simply recant that they saw Jesus in order to save their lives. But they could not and would not recant. 
And like Luther at the Diet of Worms, they had to stand on the truth of their Savior who rose from the dead to show them that they would rise from the dead one day too. Almost four centuries after the resurrection of Jesus, they would codify these beliefs in the form of creeds we still confess today. God only knows how they survived the persecution and the assaults of the various authorities who wanted only to stamp out Christianity. And only God knew what drew them to Rome, Spain, India, and beyond, and how to give them what they needed to establish viable Christian communities in those lands that persevere unto today. And God only knew what they were supposed to do on any given day. So the Holy Spirit continued to lead them and bless them with everything they needed to get the job done. Maybe you're sitting there right now saying, I don't know what the future holds for me or my family. Maybe you are the one at the crossroads of your career and you don't know which way to go. Maybe you just got here or are about to leave and you don't know what your home will look like, who your friends will be, and what your place in church may amount to. Well, let me tell you, you don't need to know. And I will confess, I have made an entire pastoral career out of not knowing. Oh, I thought I knew. In fact, I had so many plans laid to mice and men, I can't even begin to count how many times I was wrong. Because even when I thought I knew everything, I knew nothing. But that is the beauty of being a creature in God's creation. That is the glory of being a sinner made a saint by the blood of Jesus. And that is the life lived sanctified in the Holy Spirit. You don't need to know. You only need to recognize Jesus as your Savior. Because at the end of the day, the year, and even your life, only God knows. Amen. Now may that peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.